You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today I got to talk with Ernie Johnson. You probably know him from Inside the NBA, where he sits on a panel with Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, and Kenny the Jet Smith, and talks about basketball every Thursday. He's probably one of the most famous sports broadcasters out there, and it was an honor to talk to him. Uh, just an amazing person to talk to, and I just really want to thank him for doing it. We talked a lot about what it's like getting into the broadcasting business, what it's like working on Inside the NBA on TNT, and more things of that ilk. So, without further ado, here is the interview with Ernie Johnson. Thank you for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for doing this. Um, oh, no, it's my like, pleasure. No, it's just like watching you going from watching you on TV to actually being able to talk to you. That's pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah, I, and I'm like, it's my pleasure, man. It really is. How old <laughs> are you? I'm 16. And what, so what grade are you in? I'm a junior in high school. Okay. Wow. This is, that's very cool that you're doing this at, at the stage of life you're in, man. A lot of folks don't have <laughs> that kind of, uh, don't have that kind of, uh, get up to get you know to do things like that at, at this oh, stage but you know what you, you want to do yeah it's thank great you. yeah i in high school i see a lot of people not knowing what they want to do and yeah you know me myself included i don't really know what i want to do so this is just a way to want to i want to help other people find out something that they're passionate about you know yeah. anything i can do to help yeah and one of the things in you try something like that, and maybe it tells you that it is it is what you want to do, and maybe it tells you it's not. You know, it's yeah. so it's worth it's worthwhile either way. That's for sure. Uh huh. Uh huh. So uh, I guess I'll just start with the first question. Um, what is your job title? Uh, my job title. Uh, I guess at at work I'd say uh, sportscaster, but that's just one of many titles because I'm father, husband, and and everything else but uh, uh -huh. yeah work-wise it's a uh, sportscaster studio host play-by-play -play guy you name it uh-huh so what would you say your job description is like what do you do i would say i i'm probably best known on on the turner side as the studio host of inside the nba um uh -huh. on tnt you know uh -huh. hosting that show with kenny and charles and Shaq and um mm -hmm. I've been been in that chair for thirty years now. <clears throat> wow! So, did you always know that you wanted to be in this field from an early age? Uh, not at all. Uh, I actually wanted to be a baseball player. Um, that was my that was my goal growing up because my father was a baseball player. My father pitched for, for the Milwaukee Braves back in the fifties, and um, so I kind of grew up in a baseball house and. Um, you know, played all through high school and then walked on at the University of Georgia and made the team as a freshman and then was told to walk off as a sophomore. Uh, a new coach took over and, and cut me in fall practice. So uh, it's at that point, really, Thielen, that I had to uh, figure out what is it that I want to do. And I kind of told myself, you know, being a baseball coach and an English teacher, like in high school, would be a cool way to go. Um, but my father had also been a broadcaster. And so, you know, I grew up watching him do that job. And so I kind of just tried that to see if I liked it. And turns out I did. And, um, you know, that kind of set my path for uh, for my life. Uh -huh. 
Wow. So that was, uh, so seeing your dad do the broadcasting job was what made you want to do it? Uh, sort of. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, as I was growing up and I was in high school that I watched him and said, this is what I want to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. It was just, hey, he's got a cool job. Uh, and I get to tag along with him and watch him do it. But it really wasn't in high school. That wasn't what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do in high school was be a baseball player. And mm-hmm. and so when that dream ended, it was that was really just, you know, I'll I'll give it a try. I've been around it and I'll try it. And when you get into the games for free and then you're, you know, you're, you know, talking sports and you love sports, that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of set the uh, mm-hmm. set my career trajectory Mm -hmm. so after you got out of high school and you went into college did you study broadcasting after i got cut from the baseball team yeah i I changed from an english from an english major to a journalism major um and so and so that was uh you know that was uh, you know getting into the you know the course of study that would that would encompass everything in journalism and and I was in the broadcast news sequence of the of the J School, uh, kind of learning how to how to be on the air and you know getting practice that way and learning you know all sides of that uh, you know the production end and the on air end. So, what was the timeline like from that point in your life to where you are now in inside the NBA? What were like some of the jobs that you did in between? Well, when I was in college. Um, uh, I also had a job first at the campus radio station at, in Athens at WUOG, and that's where I got a chance to be on the air for the first time and did some sports. And I had a summer internship uh, at a country radio station in Rome, Georgia, where I uh, where I did news, and then got another job while I was in school uh, in Athens. Uh, as the news and sports director at an FM radio station. And so uh, while I was taking classes, I was also getting up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning to be down at the radio station and do the drive time news and sports in the morning and in the afternoon. So my days were really full in college at Georgia from going to class to to being on the air. But it, it gave me a huge advantage uh, over other folks who were journalism majors and that I was getting practical experience at that time. And, you know, they were kind of, you know, a lot of them were just kind of hoping that, boy, when I graduate, I hope I can get a job. And I could, you know, I, I you know, it gave me an advantage because when I applied for my first jobs, I, I could tell them, yeah, look, I know how to do all of this stuff. And, and, um, and so I think, I think it really helps to get all the practical experience you can possibly get because I can remember walking into classes at Georgia, you know, that were teaching you how, you know, the real basics of of how to prepare a radio newscast. And I've been doing that since five o'clock that morning. So uh yeah, I think I think it's really advantageous to get all the experience you can get. Um so how did uh TNT or like inside the NBA notice you and how did you well, get a job there? Yeah, I guess I mean I need to go back a couple of steps because when I did when I did graduate, uh, I wanted to get into television, and uh, after spending three years in radio, I wanted to do TV, and so you know basically you send tapes, videotapes of yourself out uh, to TV stations and see if anybody you know wants to uh, you know bring you in for an interview to see if you can do it. 
and then I I went down to a, in Albany, Georgia, down in South Georgia, and and auditioned for a, a sports job, and I had a terrible audition. I was really nervous, and they and they never called me back. And then I went to Macon, and I just I really what I wanted, Keelan, was you know the first place that would open the door to me and let me get my foot in there and 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 get a job. And so the the Macon thing was actually a news job, not a sports job, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and I auditioned there, and they and they uh, hired me. And so my first wow. television job was as a news anchor um, wow. in Macon, in Macon, Georgia. Um, and so I, you know, even though I was a real big sports fan, and that was the ultimate goal. Um, look, somebody was going to hire me, and I was going to get a chance to be on the air. So I, I anchored the news for a year and a half there, and then. Uh, went to Spartanburg, South Carolina. They were looking for a news reporter and uh, they hired me and I was there for a year. And then WSB in Atlanta, you know, a top 10 market hired me as a news reporter there. And, and uh, so much, so much of this, um, of this job is, you know, maybe luck and timing and, you know, divine providence in that, and that, uh, a new news director took over at WSB and on his first day I was filling in for one of the sports guys because they were on vacation and I was doing a live shot before a Braves game uh, down at the down at the stadium and I came in to work the next day and the uh, new news director's uh, assistant said hey Raven Matthews wants to see you and I was thinking, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> here's the new guy taking over. Is he going to, you know, what does he want to see me for? And he, I, he, I sat down in his office and he said, I saw you on sports last night. He said, have you ever thought about doing sports full time? And I said, uh, yeah, I've thought about it. But I thought after, you know, three stops as a news guy, it was, I was kind of, you know, into that role. And he said, no, I'd like to make you the new weekend sports anchor. And so my whole, my whole career changed with that decision. And that was, you know, I, for the next six years, I anchored the weekend sports at channel two WSB in Atlanta, which happens to be in the same city as the, as the home of Turner broadcasting. And so the folks at Turner would have seen me for six years anchoring the sports. And, and they, uh, they called me in 1989 and and said, would you want to come and work with us? Wow. that's how that's all that uh, that whole thing unfolded that way so i've been a turner now since 1989 wow so what do you do on a daily basis when you're working at inside the nba well the thing is you know you might get the wrong idea because during the during the regular season we're basically on on thursday nights and that's it uh, you know, uh-huh. we'll do a few, we'll do a few other nights on MLK day and, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll go out of town for the, uh, all-star weekend and that kind of thing. But I, I have a daily routine, uh, you know, where I, how I keep up with the NBA. I keep a, I keep a daily log of every game that's played. Um, I keep a lot of separate files on, on certain things around the league on 30 point games and, 15 rebound games and overtime games, a lot of, you know, a lot of things that uh, I don't have to rely on stats people to hand me when I, when I get on the air. So there, there really is a daily um, ritual of keeping up with the league because I do a lot of radio interviews 
you know, and people want to talk about the NBA. And if you're not totally up to speed on it every day, uh, you know, you're you're going to sound like you don't know what you're what you're doing. And so uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it aside from what you see on a Thursday night when we're actually on the air. So what would you say is some advice you would give to a teenager that wants to pursue your job field? Well, the first thing is, is um, you got to work really hard. Number two, you got to be very creative in how you're going to, you know, I think um, you cannot wait for opportunities to come to you. You have to create your own opportunities. You know, I think, I think when I talk to you, I see a guy who gets that a hundred percent, you know, Thank that you're, you. 16, you're 16 years old and you're, and you got your own podcast and you're, and you're working toward a goal. Uh, you're not just waiting and saying, okay, somebody tell me what I should do next. You're kind of taking the initiative. Uh, the other thing Thank is, you. is one of the, one of the, you know, the greatest pieces of advice. And it's, you know, it's very simple is my dad always told me, just be yourself. So don't feel like you've got to create some persona that, you know, okay, this is the TV me and this is the other me. You know, they're the same person. You know, it, it always cracks me up when I meet people out in public and they say, man, you sound just like you do on TV. I said, well, I hope I do. I mean, because that's, that's, <laughs> that's who I am. It's not like, you know, when I'm off the air, I'm speaking or anything in a different way than I do when I'm on the air. So um, I think I think those are really important things. And I think the ability to to write you know that's really important if you can learn how to write uh and be able to communicate and be concise you know what i used to do a lot of times i used to read the newspaper into her tape recorder just so i could hear how i hear how i sound and it would sound really bad but it taught me that okay i need to work on uh, how I'm going to pronounce things is it work, you know, how I'm, uh, you know, how I'm going to project my voice and that kind of thing. So, uh, there are a lot of things that you can do that kind of prepare you that way, but you, well, you need to practice and you need to see if there are any ways that you can put all that to use before you get out of school. So what would you say is, uh, I guess, some personality traits that some people would need to have. I know you talked about, you know, you need to be a good writer and you need to know how to communicate, but are there like any other traits that a person can have that will make them flourish in the job? Well, number one, I think is uh, you have to have a, a true love for what you're doing. Um, mm. You know, I've always been a sports fan. If you, if, if you get on there, you really don't care for sports or, you know, or you're just kind of a, mm. Uh, a lukewarm fan that's going to come through uh, because because that love of sports in my case is what drives me to prepare the way I do you know you know I you know preparation is 95 percent of this job the easy thing is doing the show with Charles and Kenny and Shaq I mean you're sitting around talking hoop with those guys but if I didn't do put in all the preparation that I do then it would be a difficult job uh, so I think that's I think that's really important, and and this is something that I told I, I gave the commencement address at the University of Georgia where I graduated, mm-hmm. and I gave the commencement address a couple of years ago, and I told these you know no matter what profession you choose, get a job that you get to do, not that you've got to do, because there are too many people out there who drive to work with a frown on their face because it's a job I gotta do, but for me. It's like I've never had a job. It's like I get to do this. You know, I, you know, and, and so there's a real 
strong distinction between the two. Have a job you get to do, not a job you got to do. Definitely. So what would you say is something that is unique about your job that isn't in others? Well, I think one thing is I know when I go to work, I'm going to laugh. And I mm. think that I think uh -huh. that's really important. I don't, you know, uh, I think laughter is very underrated, you know, uh -huh. to uh -huh. be able to go to a place that puts a smile on your face or and you know that when you're doing that show, you're going to give some people a break from, you know, mm. the real world. The real world's got yeah. enough problems in it. They know when they turn our show on, something's going to happen that's going to make them laugh. Might be something uh -huh. I do. Prob probably going to be something Shaq does. You know, probably going to be something that Charles uh -huh. says, and uh, uh -huh. and I think I think that's a real distinction between in other jobs. I can't tell you how many people said, "Man, I wish I had your job," because mm -hmm. it does look like fun, you know, and, and mm -hmm. it really it is, is fun. I mean, we're like talking fun. sports, and and this is coming from a guy who's been in the sports and the news end. Look, and when I'm when you're covering news, there's a lot of life and death. When uh -huh. you're in the sports uh -huh. department, man, when you're in sports, it's like being in the toy department. <laughs> yeah, there are there are going to be stories that come up that really are important, and you have to treat them very seriously. But uh, but a lot of what we do is just fun and games. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's guys playing basketball. We're doing that right now at mm -hmm. the NCAA with March Madness. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean this is one of the great events in the, on the sports calendar every year, and you know I get to be a part of it. It's not I got to, I uh -huh. get to. And I guess I'll kind of shift it from basketball over to your work at baseball. So mm -hmm. what is it like being like a play-by-play -play commentator for baseball and how is that kind of different from basketball? Well, it's totally different from the from the show we do because uh -huh. you know, because this is the event. This is, you know, this is, you know, when we're doing our studio show, it's when they're it's before the game and it's at halftime and it's after the game. Uh when you're doing play-by-play -play on baseball, that's the event. And um, and it goes really deep with me, Thielen, because it's a spiritual thing for me because I grew up watching my dad do this. And, you know, I lost him in 2011. And anytime I do a baseball game now, uh, all I think about is doing what my dad did first. You know, he did that for 30 years. And so I always put his base, his old baseball card. I put that out in front of me, you know, and, and when I'm doing the game and, and, uh, and it's, uh, that goes really deep into uh, into the family thread. The family fabric is uh, is doing baseball. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's a very special. Anytime I do any game, it's special for me. So, are there any differences when you're doing kind of like a live show? That's a show and not uh, broadcasting a game. And like, what's the difference between the show and just like? I guess broadcasting game are there like different techniques that you utilize in the different uh, mediums? Oh sure, I mean uh, baseball lends itself a lot more to storytelling, you know, about the history of the game and about you know where these players have come from, and the pace of the game allows you to do that. Uh, you know, in, on the basketball studio, you're kind of reacting to what you've seen in the first half and guys are breaking down tape and I'm trying to get us from point A to point B to point C. And, and on the baseball game, you're just kind of weaving a story through that nine innings of play into three and a half hours, four hours sometimes. And you're, and you're in the same way, you know, you're having conversations 
on the basketball side, when you're doing the studio, you're basically having conversations about the game with them. But with your analysts on baseball, you know, you're kind of just, you're having a conversation too. And at the same time, you're weaving, you know, what's going on on the field into it. And when you're on TV, it's not like you're having to paint a picture for people like you'd be on, you know, if you're doing play-by-play on radio and, and you're trying to paint the picture. People are watching it there. You don't have to say everything that happens as you would in a radio because I've done both. I've done radio play-by-play on baseball too. You know, you're trying to tell them what kind of a day it is, what kind of, you know, what the what the temperature is, if the sky is blue, what the teams are wearing, you know, that whole thing. Uh, when you're watching it on the on TV, you see all that. So, um, yeah, there's a certainly a different dynamic to doing play-by-play than to, than to doing studio work, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And kind of uh, bridging both and just like throughout your whole career, and I know there's probably going to be a lot of these, but I'll ask the question anyways. Uh, what are some of your favorite stories or experiences that you can share that you have throughout your whole career? Well, I mean, it's... Um... Man, that is that is so hard to do. When you look back, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I've been on TV for forty years, and so um, it, it makes me feel really old all of a sudden <laughs> when I say that. But uh, you know, like, like, like doing golf when when uh, we were doing the British Open, and Jack Nicklaus played his final round at St Andrews, the birthplace of golf, and and that's on TNT, and I'm on the mic when that's happening. And I think what happens in a situation like that, this is you want to be, um, you want to say, you know, less is more in that situation. You want people to watch it. You don't want to bog it down with a bunch of what you think. So you're really writing captions, you know, to the pictures that people are seeing. And then you're letting the sound and the picture tell the story. And I think that's, that's what a good play-by-play person has to do sometimes is not, try to dominate that scene, but to try to step back from that scene and realize that the pictures and the sound are telling the story. And every now and then you interject a line here and there. So that was a, that was a really memorable day uh, in my career. But I, uh, you know, so many things have been cool, you know, doing baseball when the Yankees and the Orioles played in the playoffs one year and Raul Labanez hit two home runs that were really dramatic, and I was at the mic for those. And, and you just feel fortunate to be the guy who's there at that time. So, uh, you know, there's that. There's there's a guy named Dan Jansen who won an Olympic gold medal for the United States in speed skating at the Olympics in Norway, and 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 he had a very uh, dramatic story for the years leading up to that when he was supposed to win a bunch of gold medals but never was able to do it and finally in his last race he sets a world record you know so um, man it's it's so hard to it's so hard to, to narrow them all down but man I feel blessed to be doing what I've doing, been doing for this long and I guess kind of shifting from that I asked some NBA fans for interesting questions that they want to be answered so uh reverse (laughs) (laughs) reverse bailey canrana asks did you ever think that the ernie kenny charles crew would last for so long that's a great question and um no i never did uh because we know how things change in the tv business all the time sometimes it's by choice of the people who are on the air who maybe have an opportunity to go somewhere else 
and sometimes it's from a change in uh, the executives who say, well, I want to go in a different direction. I want to try this guy here, this guy here. You know, my my biggest question with Charles Barkley when he started working with me and Kenny was when the novelty of this wears off, is Charles going to want to do something else? There's no way I thought he'd be doing this for 20 years with us or 19 years, whatever it is. But he's had such a good time doing it. And we and, you know, we have a special we have a special connection there. And and very rarely in TV do you see people staying together for that long but uh, we've had a great thing going and we've had Shaq for the last seven or eight years so um, no we are very lucky to be doing this and 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 the cool thing is we have as good a time now as we did on the first night we are ever together so the next question is from Romo the goat they ask how many (laughs) rings do you have how many rings do I have (laughs) what kind of a question is that uh, I, I, I've actually okay. Let's. I'll, I'll say I got three rings. I've got my wedding band because uh, I've been married to Cheryl for 36 years. I've got a world. I've got a World Series ring from the Braves in 1995 because I was one of their announcers. So I've uh-huh. got a championship ring there, wow. and I've got and I've got a ring uh, from the uh, the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame because I was inducted into that this year. So. Mm. Uh, tell him I got three rings, and, <laughs> and tell and tell him thanks for the smart ass question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another one is Jack asks, I like because we know that you've been doing this for a while now. So he asks, what's the strongest team that you've seen covering basketball, and who's the best player that you've seen in your time covering basketball? Uh, Michael Jordan's the best I've seen in my in my years covering basketball, and the best teams are probably those Bulls teams um, with Michael and this and this and this current you know the Golden State team in the last four or five years because mm-hmm. the way they shoot the ball is I've never seen a team shoot the ball like that. Okay, another one from Day Day Large. They ask, what is the total amount of bow ties in your collection? Bow ties right now. I'm, I, I've, I've whittled it down every now and then. Some I'll give away to Goodwill and that kind of thing if I've worn uh-huh. them a lot. So I've, in my closet right now, I've probably got 80. Oh, that is, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, CM2423 asks, oh, what is the one achievement in your career or life that you are most proud of? Oh, I would say... Oh, there's a lot right there. Um, okay, I would say uh, becoming a Christian in 1997, uh, being married to my wife, Cheryl, for 36 years, having six great kids, four adopted, having four grandchildren at this point. Um, all of those, all of those are the greatest, and none of those are really work-related. So <laughs> I, I think I, I think I realized that uh, who I am is not, you know, what I do is not who I am. Uh, and I think that's an important distinction to make. And I think for a while in my life, I, I kind of got that confused. And I thought that uh, the person I was was defined by the job I did. But I, I know that that's not true. So 
yeah, the biggest moments in my life are all away from the TV. Mm. Uh, this is more of a comment from USP123, and they just say, can you just tell him how much we appreciate him and how he adds a comical balance to the panel that would be a hilarious but sinking ship very rapidly without him? <laughs> well, tell him <laughs> I appreciate that very much, and I don't, I don't know how true that is, but it is, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is appreciated. And you know, here's the, the thing about that show, Keelan, is that you know, if you're sitting at home and you don't know exactly what's going to happen next, neither do I. I mean, every uh, show, every show is somewhere between a train wreck and a walk on the beach, and so um, you know, things happen that we never see coming. And um, mm. and 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 you know, again, when you go to a job where you know you're going to laugh. That's a good thing. And sometimes we're laughing at each other and sometimes we're laughing at ourselves and nobody. That's the reason it works. You know, Charles Barkley is not afraid to laugh at himself. When we first started that show, we actually used to weigh him. Can you believe that? I mean, you know, if, if you tell if you sometimes if you would tell like a Hall of Fame basketball player, OK, one of the things we want to do this week is weigh you. They'd say, look, you're making fun of me. I'm not going to do it for that. And Charles thought that was hilarious. Okay, because he said, I want to get down to my playing weight this year. That's what he said. And, and by that time, he was, he was well over three bills. And he allowed us to put him on the scale. And then eventually, as he, he, he made it through that year, and he, and he cracked 300 pounds. He was under 300 as we weighed him one night. So um, that's... That's one of the important things on that show is nobody's afraid to laugh to laugh at themselves, and that's what makes uh -huh. it work. Yeah. Wow. So this is the last question. So this is. Oh gross. no! Okay. <laughs> There's a lot, but I just like chose like the the, the top ones that because a lot of people love you, and then a lot of people submitted questions. Um, <laughs> I guess the last one is: uh, Which current NBA players would make good analysts or commentators? That's a great question because, uh, you know, that, that comes up a lot when, when players are getting toward the end of their career and you think, I wonder if they're going to get on TV. And I've worked with a bunch of them uh, who have been like guests on our show over the last 30 years. And believe it or not, there were certain guys where you think, hey, these guys, this guy is a great interview and he's really energetic and he has a lot to say. But when the red light goes on, they freeze up and they're not good on TV. So it's hard to it's hard to guess that um, you know Kobe would be great if he ever wanted to do that full time, but I think he's got more going on in his life. Um, um, you think about guys who uh, who are not afraid to say what's on their mind. That's what's made Charles so good is the fact that when he was a player, he was always you know really open with his opinions, and when he got on TV, and that didn't change a bit. So that's you know that's really important. So. When I look around the league now, I, you know, Vince Carter might be pretty good on TV. You know, he's uh, and he's getting there toward the end. Probably D Wade would probably be good too. Um, mm -hmm. But we'll uh, we'll see if the, if that's a direction that these guys want to take once their playing days are through. All right, I guess that's going to be it for this one. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. I definitely learned a lot about just the broadcasting business and what it's like behind the camera what you have to do uh, to prepare for the shows and just what goes on how you got to where you are today i can tell that you have a lot of passion for what you do and you just love to do what you do and i think everybody else knows that too just from hearing how much you uh talk about it how much you love talking about it and just watching you on tv 
seeing how much fun you have and how good you are at the job, it's pretty obvious that you're really passionate and you're really good at what you do. So I just want to say thank you for doing this. Um, I really appreciate it. And I think everybody else listening right now really got a lot out of it. So thank you. Well, no, well, I appreciate that. So you, so you can tell me then that this is a job that I get to do, right? And not a job that I have to do. Got to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not a job yeah. I got to do. It's a job I get to do. And I appreciate you, man. I, I'm a big admirer of you, Teal. And I, I just, I, to, to sit here and talk to you and know that at the age of 16, man, you are a go-getter. So Thank don't you. let up. Always be the, listen, always be the hardest, always be the hardest worker in the room. And, uh, Preparation is the whole is the whole thing about this, man. So uh, mm-hmm. you got it. You've got it. Uh, you've got it down pat. Just keep on wow. going, man. And Thank and you've you. got my number. So if you ever want to do one of these again, you just give me a call and we'll go mm-hmm. again, man. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Just you got it's it. Just I can't, an honor to be talking to you, man. I can't wait to be. I can't wait to watch you on TV one day, and I'll say, oh. "Hey, I talked to that." I talked to that dude when he was 16, man. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, thank you, Ernie. I really appreciate it. Hey, you have a great you night, Keelan. Thank you so yeah. much, man. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really always appreciate good. it. Always good, right. talking to a, always good talking to a colleague. Thanks, man. All right. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you. Okay, be good. And that was the interview with Ernie Johnson. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Definitely had uh, one of the most memorable episodes talking to one of my idols. And I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, Again, I just want to say thank you to Ernie for doing this. Definitely was one of the most amazing moments. Getting compliments from one of my idols. That's amazing. Other than that, I learned a lot from this episode. I just learned about what the broadcasting business is like, what Ernie does on a daily basis, and just things of that nature. So now that it's to the end, uh, just don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast, Twitter at Major Jobs Pod, and my website. Go to my website for updates on the podcast, MajorJobsPodcast.com. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.